Our scripture passage for today comes from John chapter 15, and I'll be reading verses 12 through 17. This is my commandment, Jesus said to them, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Six years ago, about this time, I was saying goodbye to the congregation at First Baptist in Athens, Georgia, and preparing to move my family to Jefferson City, Missouri. We had quite the adventure moving to Jefferson City. We had some significant delays getting our stuff that was being transported on a truck due to issues with the moving company, and thankfully, the Sagers loaned us an air mattress or two to tide us over for five days. And then when our stuff finally arrived in Jefferson City, members of the moving crew who were unloading our things got in a fight in the street in front of our house that resulted in at least one of them leaving. So we were down a member of our moving crew. When we set out on our journey from Athens to Jefferson City, those six years ago, we had a two and a half year old and a 12 week old. So as you can imagine, we were not our most rested, put together, centered selves. Even though our move to Jeff City was such an exciting and hopeful time in our lives, we were also tired frazzled, and really just taking things one hour at a time. If we are all honest, I think that many of us feel some measure of soul tired. If not now, then at some point in the last year. Even if your soul is not particularly weary or tired right now, the truth is, you know someone whose soul is deeply weary and tired. Someone who needs another person to hear their story and to care. Today we're talking about the renovating work God desires to do in your soul. I want for you to come away from worship today feeling equipped to listen to your soul to listen for the movement of God in your soul 
and an understanding of the measure Jesus gave us to know how we're doing on our faith journey. The measure is love, and specifically, love for each other. So first, how to describe the soul. Every descriptor feels like one piece of a thousand piece puzzle. I like Dallas Willard's description when he says that the soul is like an inner stream of water, which gives strength, direction, and harmony to every other element in your life. The soul is the command center of our life. Out of our soul come our thoughts, feelings, actions, and words. Our soul is what animates us and gives us direction in our everyday life. And so the condition of our soul significantly shapes who we are and how we live. It shapes the stuff we think about, the stuff we feel, the stuff we say and do. Ironically, for something that gives such direction and shape to our lives, the soul can be hard to understand, hard to hear. Parker Palmer is spot on when he says this. The soul is like a wild animal, tough, resilient, savvy, self-sufficient, and yet exceedingly shy. If we want to see a wild animal, the last thing we should do is to go crashing through the woods, shouting for the creature to come out. But if we are willing to walk quietly into the woods and sit quietly for an hour or two at the base of a tree, the creature we are waiting for may well emerge. And out of the corner of an eye, we will catch a glimpse of the precious wildness we seek. In my own experience, my soul sends me all kinds of messages through my mind, heart, and body. And sometimes I am busy and distracted or focused on my own agenda, and I don't take time to notice those messages until they're really loud, until I'm yelling at my children in some kind of blow up, until I'm caught in anxious thoughts, or until I'm feeling the physical effects of stress. In the last year, your soul has undoubtedly felt the impact of the pandemic with its many ripple effects you may know what it's like for the inner stream of your soul to slow to a trickle. You may know what it's like to feel dried up inside, to feel like you just don't have the resources to handle everything going on in your life and world. You may feel like an empty fire hydrant with the world burning down around you when all you need is a good source of water and it's just not there. Your soul may be sending you all kinds of messages in your heart and mind 
in your body about soul stress, soul grief, soul anxiety. So if you have not felt your most rested, put together, centered self this year, you are not alone. I am the living water, Jesus said. Jesus offers to be the source of our inner soul stream. Jesus wants for us to make our home in him. Making our home in Christ brings rest for our souls. Dallas Willard says that rest to our soul is rest in God. My soul is at peace only when it is with God as a child with its mother. Jesus longs to be our soul's companion in this life to help us discover our deepest, truest selves and live from that deep and true place in our souls. In our scripture passage for today, Jesus helps us understand what our life looks like when we are abiding in him, when we have made our home in him, when he is the source of our inner soul stream, what our life will look like is love. What will flow within and from us is love. Love is the measure of how our souls are doing. Galatians 5 tells us that love looks like joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The only thing that counts, says Galatians 5, is faith expressing itself through love. Jesus speaks very plainly and practically to the disciples. His teaching about love, which is the true measure of our soul condition, got down into the nitty gritty. Jesus made clear to his disciples that he was looking for people who would produce the fruit of love in this world. And very practically speaking, he intended for them to love not just the people they wanted to join the movement, not just the folks on their outreach list. Jesus made clear to them that the measure of how they were doing would be how they were loving each other. Jesus had in mind a specific kind of community, a community of people who labored for God's kingdom and were devoted to loving each other too. Loving the people who are most familiar to us, especially the people in our own church family, can truly be a labor of love. The people who first read John's gospel did not live in the most hopeful or glorious time for the church. Early Christians around the time John's gospel was written lived by and large under duress. They faced major and minor stressors. 
Jesus's command for them to love each other as he had loved them with non-self-centered, servant-hearted love was no small task. One of the concerns on our minds and in our hearts these days is what our church is going to look like after the pandemic, after we hire our next senior pastor. Some of you are feeling fear and concern about the number of people who may return to our church building, about what exactly our future looks like. First, I'll say that sometimes I'm right there with you. And I don't have a crystal ball or any magic tricks up my sleeve as we emerge from this pandemic and as we go through our pastoral transition. But I have something that I think is better than crystal balls and magic tricks. Something that I have come to enjoy much more than all that. I have trust and hope. And my prayer every day is that you might have trust and hope. That you might be more and more at home in Jesus. That he might be the living water that refreshes and enlivens your soul. 2,000 years ago and now, the main thing Jesus wants in us is trust. Trust in him. Fully abandoning ourselves into his loving care. 2,000 years ago and now, the main thing Jesus wants from us is to have a heart for the people given to us. Love for one another. First Baptist Jeff City is such a special congregation. A congregation full of love resources, capable of being devoted to one another in ways that can impact an entire community. I have such trust in God to move in our church in the months ahead. And I have such hope when I imagine a future for First Baptist Jefferson City that is fully entrusted to Christ. This is a congregation capable of such deep love a special kind of love, not just for the community out there, but for the community in here. The kind of love Jesus commands in John 15, when he looks at the disciples and says, the command I am giving you is to love each other. I mentioned earlier that when David and I moved here, it was a particularly adventurous time in our lives, and we often found ourselves overwhelmed 
by the demands of parenting two very small children through a 700-mile move. One night, just after we moved to Jeff City, our family went out for what turned out to be a particularly chaotic and hilarious meal. It was exactly what you would imagine with dinner out and a two and a half year old, a 12 week old and two very tired parents. I do remember that the baby did not cry, but I remember feeling so worried that she would, that she would just disrupt the whole restaurant. I remember that Catherine, our two and a half year old, was particularly busy and in all of her wiggling and squirming, I remember that she almost turned her chair over backwards. It was a near and loud miss. So when we finished our meal, I was really just relieved that we hadn't made as much of a scene as we expected to. And we asked for the check. And our waitress said, those people over there have already paid for your meal. We looked over to see four of our First Baptist friends, new friends. What I hope that you can do, beloved child of God, is take some time to walk quietly in the woods and sit quietly for an hour or two at the base of a tree so that you can hear from your soul. How is your soul? What messages is your soul sending through your mind and your heart and your body? How can you snuggle down into Christ who is your true home? Is Christ the living water in your life? What I also want you to do, friends, is to remember the kind of church we are. A church that is so full of love. And not only love for our community, but love for each other. That love is probably the most important thing we can focus on in the next year. Be intentional with each other. Be devoted. Be willing to look past differences and to prioritize what it is that we share in Christ, which is everything that is worth having in this life and the life to come. Reach out and share stories with each other. Listen, encourage, pour out what you have for the people who have been given to you. In these tangible expressions of love, our souls are renovated to be all that God knows we are. And so we hear our brother Christ, stand here in our home of faith at the table where we are fed and say to us, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you.
No one has greater love than this, than to lay down your life for each other. Please pray with me. God, we confess that in our culture and in our living, we have all kinds of wrong pictures about what it means to be healthy, to be well, to be saved. We confess also, God, that we're broken. And some of us today are feeling particularly soul-tired, particularly empty, or maybe particularly full of anxiety and fear and maybe even despair. God, we desire for you to be the living water in our lives. We desire to make our home in you. And so in this time, as Rod comes and leads us, help us to hear you inviting us in offering us a place at your table, not expecting us to have any answers or magic tricks or even to feel hopeful and okay, just to come home, to come home to you. We pray in your name. Amen.